Welcome back to Dirty Girl. Funny, true story. My producers were like, Heather, did you send an intro outro for this episode? And I'm like, no. And I just fully forgot, but I have a good excuse. It's because I've been unpacking my new place and I'm just overwhelmed. And this is the news to make anyone else feel like I don't know, the world around them is on fire, literally on fire, and there's no hope in the world, but we have to continue to have hope, and I'm just spiraling. Anyway, today we're sharing our interview with Tennille. Tennille's boss, Tennille's bae. We had fun. Enjoy. The vagina in general, I think, is it's just still, like, shrouded in so much mystery. Like, I have personally had a vagina for over 28 years now, and I still don't fucking get it. I still don't understand. Like, there's literally so much I still do not understand about my own vagina. It's aggravating. What do you understand? <laughs> I think it would be easier to, you know, I not much. I know I've gotten pretty in tune with my, my menstrual cycle, finally, now that I am on the IUD. Um, I line up with the new moon. <laughs> That's every, so, like, every time the month shifts, I always know, like, oh, it's my about to be my period time, which is nice. I'm finally regular. Um, like, I know some things, but I think there's more things that I don't know about my vagina that I'm still confused about than what I do. Great, but also, like, I'm from the Midwest, and we had, like, the worst to, like, non-existent sex education, sexual health care, like, any of that. I just, plus, like, you know, we just don't talk about anything there. It's just, like, not and be polite, and so I feel like I was not taught about anything. Where in the Midwest are you from? Nebraska. Yeah. Good old times. Like, okay, so middle school. Me and my friend Steph were, like, in gym class. And it's, like, probably, like, the seventh grade, eighth grade. And, like, finally, like, we're just, like, jogging around talking to each other. And she's, like, hey, like, do you ever, do you, do you ever get this stuff in your underwear? And I'm, like, like, what? <laughs> and she's, like, you know, like, that, like, like, snot looking stuff and I was like oh my god yes crotch snot and like we thought like we thought we were sinners like because you know like that should only happen when you're like you know like being sexual and I was like I'm like as prude as they come as like eighth grade me there's no reason I'm like having like lady come in my underwear it was like we were so distraught we thought we were horrible people and nobody even explained to us that that's discharge and that it happens every month and it's completely fucking normal like so yeah we had like it ended up being like a thing throughout our middle school and high school that everybody's just, like, referenced it as CS for short. Like, dude, my CS is killing me today. I'm like, oh, my God. You know, like, you get that flooding feeling, and you don't know if it's your period that started or just, like, fluids just dropping out of your body on a regular basis. So, yeah, CS. I still refer it to that all the time. Crotch snot. It's just, yeah. So, like, just, like, the, that shouldn't have been a confusion. There shouldn't have been a shame in that, like, as, like, little middle school girls. <laughs> I, my discharge still confuses me. Like, is this normal? Is this not normal? Should I panic? Should I not panic? You know? What I've learned is you should just get really... This is kind of weird. This may seem weird. Get real comfortable with your crotch knot. Okay. <laughs> with your discharge. <laughs> know the texture and the smell of it mm -hmm. so that if it changes, you know to go to your doctor. I'm always in panic mode. I'm always like, oh my God, am I on the verge of another yeast infection or bacteria infection? And then it's just awful. First time I ever got a yeast infection. Cause like I was a dancer. So like I was constantly in like tights and leotards and like, and I also lived on a lake. So it was like all the makings for like 
a bad vagina environment. <laughs> um, my first time I ever got a yeast infection, I thought I had no idea what it was. I was too embarrassed to talk to anybody about it. I Googled my symptoms, realized, like, I was like, oh my God, it can't be a sexually transmitted disease. I haven't even had sex yet. And then I read this thing on the internet that was like, put some salt into a hot bath, like insert your fingers and like, let the salt cleanse your vagina. So here I am being like 15 and having no idea what I'm doing and just like dumping buckets of salt into my bath and just being like, nobody come in and just like going to town thinking I was just like, yeah, no. It's awful. Not enough sex, like sex education in this country at all. Did you have any? Oh, yeah. Oh, no. I still have issues with, like, yeast infections, bacteria infections all the time. Because I feel like once you get one, then it's just, like, a spiral effect. And, no, yeah, I've had them all. Like, there's Did the you ones... have any sex ed? Is what I mean. Oh, no. I personally didn't take sex ed. I watched the, the movie in, what is it, the fifth grade and the sixth grade where it's, like, AIDS will kill you. Like, you'll get it from sitting on a toilet, don't do drugs, don't have sex. And I just remember them, like, <laughs> putting people in costumes to be, like, to look like the, the blood cells and the diseased blood cells sneaking into the house because they were, like, tricking the other blood cells. It was a really, clearly not a very informative um, movie. But that is the only sex education I personally had. What feelings did you have when you started having, like, sexual impulses? I don't even think I realized that my a lot of impulses were sexual impulses until way later in life. Like, I remember playing... <laughs> my mom's going to hear this one day and be like, You're, why would you ever say these things? Um, like, I played clarinet, so, you know, like... But, like, in band, you had those chairs that kind of had that, like, where your legs are supposed to go for, like, good posture and just scooting up, scooting up to, like, for scooting up for proper posture towards the end of your chair and it just, like, hitting that spot and you're just like, oh... And it was just the only good part of band. Yeah. And, like, just, like, I think dry humping. Like, I think as a young girl is just, like, supernatural. You don't realize, like, like, you're masturbating, but you just start dry humping shit. And then you realize, yeah, like, ten years later, oh, I started masturbating way younger than I thought I had been. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Have you seen Big Mouth or Pen15? I haven't yet, but I'm in love with sex education on Netflix. Like, that, I, I love it. I haven't seen that yet. I haven't seen Sex Ed yet, but those two... Are all about puberty, of course, and it's just rewatching. It's like, oh, I feel so much better knowing that literally everybody <laughs> is confused and just that. But like, we shouldn't be. That's the I, I have a major problem with that. We shouldn't be, like, girls shouldn't be dumping salt into bathtubs and doing what they're doing because they are like actually ill and like not going to the doctor for it. Nobody's talking to them that it's like not a shameful thing. Like, still to this day, people treat yeast infections and bacteria infections with so much shame and I'm like I haven't done anything wrong that's literally just it can be diet it can be stress it can be a million and one things that are just completely normal and don't like reflect on you as a person and yet here we are just feeling disgusting and awful there's so many different like yeast infections to begin with and the bacteria infections you never sometimes you don't really know because they're very similar like there's ones with a lot of disgusting discharge and no pain there's ones with like crazy amounts of pain and no weirdness and so I went to the doctor thinking it was just like a normal like yeast infection went to a super ghetto doctor like way way deep in the valley because it was like free and they're like okay so it's a bacteria infection put me on some meds or whatever and I was like down with my meds and I thought I was like doing better (laughs) and so I was with this guy at the time and you know I didn't really want to have sex but you know I'm like 
that guilt sex that you have because you're obligated because you're in a relationship and it's like, okay, fine, whatever. So, like, I don't think that there was enough, like, revving up to begin with. So sometimes you don't want to just dry and it just, like, like, just rips you apart. Well, anyways, we're just, like, having sex and I was just like, my God, it just felt like I was being just like forks just clawing at all of my insides and all of a sudden like I'm like stop 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 and my vagina had swollen up so fucking bad like I'm like talking like like an orange down there to the point where I was like full-blown fucking panicking like it hurt so bad and then I just like sat in this hot shower just like having the hot shower just like literally legs up and like what is the happy baby pose just letting the like hot water hit me as like I'm then like an ice pack on it later just trying to get this because like I was so concerned that it was so swollen it felt like it was gonna burst that I almost went to the ER but I didn't want to have to explain to my mother that I was going to the emergency room because I let a guy bang me when my vagina wasn't fully healed so it was one of the it was truly an awful experience like it was just made me feel disgusting and horrible and like, uh, you know, all this shame and guilt and comes with sex half the time anyways. <laughs> Can you talk about the, the, the guilt of not wanting to have sex, but your partner wants to have sex? Yeah, I, I just feel like that that's, I think that's a lot of women. I think a lot of women more so than they want to say. And again, especially, I don't know if that's part of me is like raised in the Midwest with like that old school mentality that you're like, you are, you know, like, you're the woman. You're supposed to do your job, and your job's pleasing your dude. And, like, I also come from, like, a codependent home, so, like, that idea, the need to please and be like, well, if you, I want them to love me, I want them to have them say with me. And then I go through that a lot where, like, you end up feeling low, but you feel the need to have it because it's not your partner's fault that you are feeling low, and then you do the sex, and then you, like, go into this, like, weird shame spiral where it's, like, I don't know, you just start running, like, through your head, like, oh, um a whore and like, oh, I'm depressed. Like, and you just feel gross and dirty and used, even though you like love this person. And like, that has nothing to do with them. But like, then I think it just is like, for me, it's always been like a trigger for a lot of like other negative sexual experiences I've had. And I think it just becomes this like wallowing, like thing. I don't know. I, all, but I personally like, because I, I deal with like manic depressive stuff. So I go through like this up phase that'll make me feel like I'm a woman. I should be able to do what I want and like be more promiscuous and not even so much that, but just, like, I'm taking charge of my sexuality. I got no shame in it. And then, like, on the downside of that is, like, feeling the guilt of, like, all of that. It's, again, that's a hormone thing. Like, is that me? Is that my PMDD? It's being off and on birth control? Is it, like... Or is that just is, your experience or as is a Is that woman? family shit? Like, it, you never know. And, like, it's so hard, like, trying to figure out what's right when I feel like this entire society and like growing up was just telling me that I was wrong right off the bat. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I don't know. So that sounds, that probably sounds so fucking sad. And like, but no, no, it I sounds, think I re- totally relate to that. I was talking about this the other day, how I've had experiences where I asked a guy to wear a condom and he said he didn't want to, said he didn't, he either said he didn't have any or he said he didn't like them. Of course. And I, you know, was just like, okay, we don't have to use a condom. No, you, and like, yeah. And then, and that's happened to me multiple times. Right. Um, before I felt like, in, I think, empowered and to, in order to take my health seriously. Right. Um, but it was after we had sex that he told me he had never used a condom. <gasps> I'm 
Oh. And I just felt like so <sighs> awful. And that, I mean, that's one, that's one story. Right. Another story is just like feeling obligated in a sense to have sex and feeling like you yeah. said, just wanting to like make someone else happy and just feeling like you have to, you just have to. Yeah. And, uh, there's so many times where, sorry, my mind is like blanking, which means it's important. <laughs> That's what my therapist you told You're me. Good. My mind's trying to like protect me and like blanket. Um, I feel, I feel you. I like, I don't like want to like, I know like the topic of rape is so fucking heavy and like also like just like everywhere right now. But like, I used to have this phrase that we would use with like a couple of my friends where it was called like guilt rape, where it's like you're in a situation where you like you're a little too drunk and you're at, you're all of a sudden, oh my God, I don't have a ride home. And like, you're like, no, I don't want to like, no, we're not there yet. And then they get mad at you and they're like, oh really? Okay. Then what was this night? And they get like aggressive and it's not like they're forcing you. And it's not like you really like feel like any like immediate imminent danger, but like all of a sudden it's like, you get like this shame for not doing it. Oh, oh, okay. Well, 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 we got this far. Oh, it's like this weird it's guilt. It's guilt. Like, yes, I eventually said yes, but I would have never said yes after the million other times that I had said no if I didn't feel like I was guilted, shamed, pressured, or just honestly like, well, fuck, I've got no right home. Like, well, I don't want him to be angry. Like, what am I going to do? Like, well, okay, well, I don't want him to be thrown out on the street. I guess I'm saying yes. You know, like, so like we had that like umbrella ta- like term because you don't ever want to say rape. Like, it's like I even if someone who like can say that that is something that I've gone through, like it's still not a word that I like feel comfortable throwing out there, just like willy nilly like, and nor nor should anybody. But like that was our umbrella term for like all the times that we realized that we didn't want to actually have sex and somehow ended up in that situation because we felt that we had to. It's not technically rape because eventually I said yes, but like, but it's because he didn't respect the no. Yeah. Exactly. The, the guilt rape. That's what we call it back when my like little old crew. I had yeah. anal sex when I was 15. Oh my God. Bless your fucking heart. And I'm still terrified of that. Well, and that was, <laughs> and now as an adult, I look back on it and it was that exact experience where I was with someone who was a couple, like two years older than me and he was sexually experienced, but I wasn't. Mm. And he's like, well, you won't have sex with me. So, but like, you need to give me something and like, this isn't technically sex. Yeah. And you know, if you love me, why won't you? So it was like, eventually I said yes, because I was tired of saying no. Right. And that like right there, you're saying that at 15, that you were already being manipulated in a situation that holds so much power that we're taught that it shouldn't hold so much power. That's, it's insane. Like that's what forms your opinions and your personality and who you are like at that age of a woman. And so like the fact that I think a lot of girls in our age range or in general and all of them like have such an identity crisis with their sexuality and like what is okay and what isn't okay. And maybe some people decide to go like super provocative just to prove they can. Or like, I just feel like that's why our society is so muddled is because people don't even realize like behind closed doors, like all of the shaping that was happening in such a negative way. I still have mixed feelings if I, like, spend the night with my boyfriend and we don't have sex. Yeah. I still have mixed feelings. That's, like, 
well, we didn't. Is is he still like me? Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Believe Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I I feel you on that one. Like that was. Yeah. No, I had sex pretty young, and I, that I think that was constantly what I was using to validate myself. I think as again, I think a lot of girls go through that. Is what it's what validates you. Mm. Sex can be a really great time, and then the other half of the time, it's like emotionally damaging for. <laughs> how long so like half the I've gotten to this point where I'm like is it worth it and then you go through this phase where you don't have sex and then you're like is there something wrong with me how's anyone never gonna love me and then yeah. then you hop back on the train and it's a whirlwind again <laughs> something that <laughs> so fucked <laughs> surprised me that I've like learned about myself is like I've I've had a fair amount of sex sexual partners and it really I'm like just now realizing that, like, my pleasure was so insignificant in most of those encounters. Oh, yeah. Uh, all, like, not, I don't want to say almost all, but, like, the person I'm with now is the first person I've ever been with to, like, ask me what I want yeah. and care. And it's just nuts to me that I could go through so many sexual partners who I was essentially, like, a, a meat bag for their pleasure. Oh, yeah. And I didn't question it because I was taught that that's sort of what mattered. Right. And faking it and doing the noises and doing everything right and blah, blah, blah. And, like, when they're done, and that's when sex ends. Yeah. No, that, yeah. I would have to say that was until I moved out here and got into my first big, serious relationship. I don't think I really knew what a proper orgasm was until then. What is your knowledge of vaginal discharge? Me? Um, yeah. Okay. I like yeah, whatever. Like, if we can measure a. Oh, do we want to do this? Okay, fine. If we want to measure a quotient of. A, that's not the right word. If we want to like measure what I know about discharge, 85 to 95% of that will have come from since we started making this podcast. Holy shit. I, guarantee, really? I guarantee you. Like the fact that it is the evidence that the vagina cleans itself, mm-hmm. how regularly it occurs, or I imagine that's different for every single woman on the planet, um, but I don't know. And like the fact that it is, uh, it's natural and it's like always occurring is, like, another thing in this realm that, like, I now am aware of since we started making this podcast of shit that's going on with women all the time that I had absolutely no idea was happening. Um, <laughs> what, what, what do I know about discharge is um, I think literally everything that, that, like, that you just outlined, like, ten minutes ago. Is, I want to hear you say it. <laughs> I thought it bummed you out, man. Um, but this is kind of the point, isn't it? It is crusty, white substance. I don't have a better descriptive word for what the substance is other than it is a crusty, white substance. I, I don't know. I don't always, know. It's crusty when it's, like, been left in your underwear for a while. Like, oh, so it's liquid before that. Yes, it's like snot. It's crotch snot. That's, imagine, like, clear well, snot. We should just call it that. That That's, seems pretty... I love that. Well, you keep going. It's crotch snot <laughs> that comes out of the vagina on a semi-regular basis. Why? Because... 
it's the evidence of the vagina cleaning itself. Or it's like, it's the, you know, it's the, it's the waste. It's like, it's what comes out after. Um... But what was it originally? I have no idea. It's like lube. What is it made of? I don't know. It's vagina's own lube. Sometimes. Like, so it's like, your vagina's like, own lube? Yeah, when you know you've done your job foreplay-wise, yeah. you should have, she like, should be like, she should already be a form yeah. of, like a form of discharge. It's like lube. It just keeps your shit one of the One of the many. You, you just went through like a few. Like some indicate infection. Some indicate right. specifically yeast infection. Others are just like, they just happen. And sometimes it just doesn't smell like... I have to like like when you're in like a like a deep relationship and you're like comfortable about it. You have to be like, hey, smells a little funny. It's nothing's wrong with it. Sometimes that's just your week. Sometimes that's just where you are at in your your cycle. Like some weeks are funkier and weirder looking and smelling than other weeks. It's not like they're like fishy or bad necessarily. If they are, then that's like usually a bad sign. But like is they it- just some some weeks it just is a little more pungent than other ones, and that's natural. That happens every month. There is nothing worse than being in a friend's house, a boyfriend's parents' house, a stranger, like anywhere, anywhere, and them not having a proper fucking bathroom trash can. Don't give me this wicker shit. Don't give me this no lid thing. Don't give me no plastic bag in there. Like, what am I supposed to do? I have to take out my tampon. I have to get rid of it. How am I supposed to put my rolled up tampon in your wicker fucking basket? It's the worst. And being like, how am I, I don't want to clog the toilet. I don't want to risk that because that's like worst case scenario. The amount of times I have rolled it up which is like taking up like a whole fucking roll of toilet paper and shove that shit into my purse and been like, deal with that later. It's disgusting. The amount of women that are probably walking around with used tampons in their purses is unacceptable because, because society does not prepare for us to do what we are physically meant to do. I'm over it. I'm, so, I'm just like, it's awful. Or being like in your car and being like, oh my God, like I period on my friend Steph's car and I'm like, oh shit, it's like all over, like I don't know what else to do, I've got nowhere to go, pull over, having to take out your tampon in the car, be like, sorry earth, fucking wrap it up as much as you can, like just get rid of it wherever you can and just being like sitting on your coat, like leaning like over so you don't period on there so you get to your house so you can put another one in like, and like it's just never, like again, I've been having my period for over what, 10 15 years or something and I'm still constantly like surprised by it sneak attack it is is like (laughs) like a fucking tsunami you cannot weather map it's it's yeah no it's I really like having Alex here for this interview because this isn't shocking to me but his face (laughs) shows that it's shocking (laughs) it's It's like what's what's shocking is like I feel so terrible that you have to like that like it's set up so that you have nowhere to talk about this. Like like and I'm saying that wrong. That like I get to go through my entire life up to this point never having to know about any of this or worry about any of right. this. And yet like this is all happening like in scenes I've been in my whole life. It's all happening behind the quote scenes and it's like Granted, I don't, I don't know what the fuck to do about it immediately or anything like that. But like, it's like, do, do, do we? Does it have to? Well, that's why representation matters. Like in the, there was just an article about this. uh, The like store inside of Congress now sells tampons. 
they That's never amazing. had to before. A lot of like really nice like wow. studios and stuff out here will have tampons in the bathrooms. Actually, like if you've ever been to, like a like a nice. A lot of like places are like starting to accommodate that, which is great. Or just like talking about it, not shaming it. Like the amount of years that you have to go through, and again, being like the whisper, like "Oh damn it, damn it," and like shoving it up your sleeve or like shoving it in your like cleavage because you're just so embarrassed. And for what reason, I don't know. Yes. Your um, fuck bathroom trash cans diatribe is a perfect example. I I feel like oh my god. Is that why anytime you're ever in like a, a for in, in my experience, it would have to have been a, a, a unisex restroom. Mm-hmm. Whenever you see a, a boxes, like, no, no, whenever you see a, a a notice that says "Please do not flush yes. feminine products" up the thing, I'm looking at it thinking, "Yeah, exactly. That'll fuck the plumbing up. Who's doing that? Oh. Anybody who doesn't have anywhere else to put it." I'm gonna rat out Hannah. She does it every time. She never throws hers away because, like, it does. It smells and it's awful, and it's just and a it, fucking part of it. And she's like, "I don't care. This isn't my house." And I'm like, "Hannah, like you, like don't do it. Like we should just facilitate it. Like and also." So I think men just having ta- like tampons in hand, like my new roommate just told me that his mom, like there were no girls in his house, but he's like, you're going to be in middle school like soon. She's like, let your girl, f- like friends know there are always like, or like, she's like, I'm leaving a box of tampons in here because even if you're in a stranger's bathroom and you need one, you will go like scrounging around, even if it's in a man's bathroom. Like it never hurts to have a couple tampons around and like not having to like <laughs> shove your wad underneath all the rest of the gross trash or hiding it in like the empty like toilet roller. <laughs> yes, it, it, it's yes, insane. It, this is this is very fixed. This is very like. And then worrying about if it's gonna smell. Oh my god, it's just awful. You can tell a 11, 12, 13 year old boy. Hey, always make sure. Like, or, you know, right? Like, this is why trash cans in bathrooms need to be like this, or like this, like that. That's good. Um, I, I definitely like tried to shove a used condom underneath like the um yeah no imagine that that's full of blood yeah and it's gonna that's stink a in like a day fluid. yeah it's weird because like yeah it's like oh yeah i guess it's like come like yours is your own is fine but like anybody else's is fucking weird mm-hmm. it's like hair why is like hair like fine until it's no longer on a person's body you know what i mean like or like toenails or nails in general <laughs> there's certain things that are like fine when you're they're on your body and then the moment they're not it's like, well, are anybody else's? And you're like, no. That, that's a brain no. thing. Um, they talk about it on Hidden Brain, how, like, if you, you can take Teeth. a drink of water knowing that your backwash is in there, but the second you spit into the water, you won't. Something in your brain says that's gross, Weed. even though it's the same amount of saliva. Oh, my God. Is it the same amount? Yes. Yeah. So, like, what is it about, like, the actual spitting and what that gross thing in your brain? Alarming. It's interesting. Yeah, tampons. They are really fucking shitty. They're full of fucking chemicals. I tried to switch over to the Diva Cup. It takes a lot of work. It's it's a hard thing to do. But like, how was your experience with that? Um, weird because you know, like like I said, mentally, like sometimes, like just the idea of like being up in my vagina is weird. Like like when I'm at the gyno and stuff. I just had, like, a hard time. I don't think I quite got it in there right. I think I was too afraid to put it in there too far and, like, twist. Because you have to, like, twist it in there. I think it was – I was too nervous, and therefore it didn't quite sit right. And so there I think it was kind of at an odd angle. But, you know, like, when you're getting used to putting in tampons and, like, you get it at a bad angle and you feel like somebody's stabbing you inside. Yeah. Or if you've ever had sex with somebody with a crooked penis, you know, it's just stabbing parts of you that aren't really meant to be stabbed. 
Like a poorly guided tampon. Yeah. You are hard to ignore. <laughs> yeah. I, so I didn't, speaking of poor sex education, um, I didn't know where the tampon went. So, um, and like me and my mom never talked about anything growing up. She's very private family, Midwestern, it's classic. And so my sister, who's 15 years older than me, sat outside the bathroom door and tried to talk me through it and be like, okay, now just, you're going to put that up it and it's going to be fine. I was like, there's no, fu- there's like no way, there's no way. I thought I was. I had no idea. I thought it was going in my piss hole. And I was like, Don, there is no way this is fitting in there. She's like, trust me, it'll fit in there. I was like, there's no way. Like, And then I was like, I'm never having a baby. How is a baby going to come out of my pee hole? So I have a period, and I don't even know I have a vagina hole. Like, that's so fucked. That just shows you how awful Midwestern sex education is. And then she's like, go back further. And I was like, oh, no, I am not doing this. This is a mystery. I want no part of it. So I, like, didn't use tampons for, like, the first year. And then when I did, got to seventh grade, and my stupid, fat, gross, sexist, and also, like, pervy math teacher, we had 90-minute blocks. I was like, I need to go to the bathroom. He's like, no. I was like, you can't tell me no to go to the bathroom. And he's like, I know. I just, like, felt it. Like, sometimes you can literally just feel it, like, dropping out of your stomach, Alex, where it's just all of a sudden, it's literally just a weight is dropping and, like, this whooshing feeling. And I was like, I'm going. And I remember I was just the mouthy little thing to begin with. I was like, you cannot stop me. You can't. I grabbed my purse. I left. I went to the principal and I went to the nurse. And I was like, this man prevented me from going to the restroom. I am on my period. It's like fucking like first month and I don't know what to do. And it was awful. But yeah, no. And then like my male teacher telling me, no, I cannot go to the restroom because I already used my restroom pass. It was nine to minute blocks. I was bored. It was eighth grade or seventh grade math. It was, it was like two days ahead in homework. Come on. It's always the math teachers one. Um, <laughs> you, you, you were like, it, it, it was, it was, you could feel it, you know, and you can feel it. Yeah. Um, did you, did you have enough time to go to the principal's? You went to the principal's office first. Oh, no, I went straight to the bathroom. Oh, okay. I just, I just want no, to make sure I got course, the time. But then correct. I didn't go back to my gross math teacher's boring class. No way. I, I went, love little feminist you. Oh, my God. Fifth grade, I started calling my gym teacher a sexist and, like, went straight to the principal. I was like, she is not letting us play the good volleyball positions because I am not a boy. And, like, I just was like, you're sexist. You're, I was, I mean, literally, like, every year I've had, like, a female icon that I've been obsessed with like second grade it was Jane Goodall and like the year before that it was Amelia Earhart so I've just always been on that I like, want all of them I've I want been, to know the whole list I've been on that rampage since since before uh, it was trendy since I was like five and I don't know how but I think it was because like my mom and dad were just like so fucking busy that I like made my own human instead of being influenced by them and they're like old school like probably like hardcore like red state republican christian ways and i was just like no i'm leading a rally and i'm like i was an i was a handful i'll admit it i was started a lot of petitions i was like no and then i started revolt in almost home which is like the after school program for kids whose parents can't come and get them i was like we're going beyond the border we broke through this fence and i took them out and they called the cops and people's parents because I got all these kids to run away and like to this forest because that's what my elementary backed up onto. And then they, everybody hated me because we lost outside privileges for like the rest of the year. And it was so nice out because we lived at, like we were country school. So like horses to this side, a forest to this side and then cornfields here. So I, I was pissed that they put a fence up so I can go play in the forest because I'm just a little like fairy, you know, I just want to go play in the woods. And they prevented us with a fence, so we broke it, crawled out, 
And then when they tried to chase us, we snuck into the cornfield. It's a big thing. Anyways, yeah, no. If I'm a dude listening, okay, what is it I don't know? I think that there is just like a level of fear that we're taught to live with on a daily basis at a young age. I think that we're taught to care more about being in the dark, more about being alone, about being with strangers, about taking public transportation, about taking a walk, even in broad daylight, about, you know, like if you're going running down the block, you don't think of near as much as that we do. I think that we're always taught to be clocking our surroundings on a, a, a constant basis because I think that we are taught that there is that imminent danger. I mean, like, I remember driving around my hometown as, like, a 16-year-old girl and being, like, this car full of men that, like, hooted and hollered at me at the last light is now following me. Like, I have to be, like, aware of that even if they just happen to be going down the same main drag that I am because our town's, like, fucking four feet long. Like, there's, like, I think that you're just taught to clock constantly what could be a potential threat. And that everything is a potential threat. And going to the, going, putting your groceries in your car and being like, all right, so who's coming, who's parked next to me? Who's not parked next to me? And just like constantly having to be aware that there is danger. I forgot why I don't go running or jogging. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like, oh, this is free exercise. I don't have to pay for the gym. I can just go running. Mm-hmm. And then I, went running and I was like very quickly like oh this is why yeah you know I was honked at like at least seven times and then a guy actually blocked my path and started humping his backpack at me this was like a couple months ago and I was like where was this on vine yeah and Melrose like even when you're in like a good part of town or fucking broad daylight you're just Oh, like you're always still aware of it. I mean, like I think, okay, so if you were to have some a girl just randomly start like initiate a conversation with you and be like, oh, that's fun or oh, hey, this or hey, do you want this? You would think nothing of it. But even if some like random guy that seems like sweet and docile and old and like kind is being like, how about the weather day? Where are you from? Blah, blah, blah. And like wants to start a nice conversation. There's always a part of you that goes, what does he want? And like that immediately goes to danger. Like it's insane like that. And if you don't it's like, respond half the time, you get called a bitch. Yeah, or a fucking whore or any – like, it's insane that, like, just amount of, like, I think verbal abuse that you take from strangers on a uh, on a pretty regular basis. Um, and, I mean, like, we live in L.A., which isn't even a very community or out – like, we don't see a lot of strangers because we don't have public transportation or things like that. So I'd imagine to, like, live in a city like – New York or something where you have to deal with that because you're walking and it's such a populated area every couple like feet that you're doing. You know what I mean? So like I I don't deal with it that much because I'm a homebody and <laughs> but yeah. Or hey, this cute guy at the bar, like should I take should I like be flirting with him or what like it's just constantly running an analysis of risk. Is is this taking this drink and flirting with this cute guy worth it, or is he a pig? Is he a rapist? Is he just an overall fucking dick? Like, I think there's just a lot more risk as a woman. I was at a bar once, and a guy dr- went said hi to me and immediately grabbed my ass. Oh yeah, yeah. And yeah. I was like, I kind of froze, and I was like, Why are you touching me? And he was like, Because I want to. Yeah. And I was like, Get your fucking hand off me. But I was like, shaking, just it like. Of course, in my mind, I'm like, yeah, don't fucking touch me. But in that moment, it was like, this is a really tall, like, powerful man yeah. who just put his hand on me. And 
telling him no is like scary because it could put me in danger. Right. And he, and he kind of left when I told him to stop touching me, he kept it there for a minute and then kind of smirked at me and then like slowly pulled away. There's a reason that like most animals responses to danger is to play dead. Like that I think is such a huge, like actual normal response for women. Like, you know, when you're a little kid and all of a sudden there's something scary yet you can't cover your face with your like betting because you're like, don't move, don't move, don't move. I think that is what most people's negative sexual experiences are like. And I think like now with the whole conversation finally coming out with like rape and sexual assault is like, I think so many women are running through all of the sexual experiences they've had. And like a lot of them, they didn't even realize we're rape at the time because there is just that paralyzing fear of like, I can't say, I can't fight back. Even though like all of the time, like, like one of the times that I, was raped. We was like, I said no plenty of times. I did it. And like, he was a pretty small guy. Like I could have fucking took him. Like I'm scrappy as shit. I know I could have kicked his ass, but I didn't like it because there becomes this like paralysis where you're just like, just let it be over because it's better just to have him do it and be, get it over with than to like risk more violence. And I think that constant risk of violence is what I think is on a daily is, I would say is a pretty regular occurrence for women that I don't think men that think of and like I don't think we sit here and we don't like we're not like oh poor us because it has become so ingrained in us like it is now just like a normal part of my life like that's just oh shit like even like what am I wearing like do I want to deal with the attention today am I like mentally strong enough to deal with the shit of yeah it do today? I want to feel good about myself and put something nice on right because there's a risk in that because yep. suddenly I'm a target yeah yeah or do I disappear in my sweatpants? Yeah. Hey, look at me today. Sweatpants for the win. <laughs> and then yeah. what would you even say? And then, like, you could say something and then it's just, you're not taken seriously. Right. Like, I don't know. So, mean- so why would you keep trying to, like, be like, no, I seriously sense danger here. Right, it's like even just like with the simplicity of catcalling. Like, there's some days where I'm like, "Ha, oh, thanks, Kay," just because it's easier. And then there's other days where I'm like, "I'm not, no, I'm not in the mood." Like, fuck you. And then they're like, "Oh, what, bitch?" And then you're like, "Okay, just kidding. I don't have my knife on me today. I don't have, you know, like I shouldn't have to walk around with a weapon. I shouldn't have to walk around with mace. I shouldn't. I just fucking shouldn't." And like, okay, so when I, with the whole Christine Beasley Ford thing. They came out when I went home and discussed it. My dad brought up like rape and like <laughs> after I was like, yeah, no, yeah, I've been raped. Like, like, quite a few, like a few times. Like, I you know, like, you know, what do you want to talk? He's like, but like real rape. Mm, mm, mm. I'm, and then I got really aggressive. And I was like, oh, is somebody raping my mouth different? Not as, not as heavy as them raping my vagina. And he's like, oh, well, were you drunk? Yeah, but you get drunk all the fucking time and you don't have to worry about it. Why do I have to watch myself because somebody else can't control it? Well, what kind of situation? What are you doing at this? So I can't go to a party, but you can? Like, there's just so many, like, when they try and flip it on you, it's like, wait, so why do you get to do it? Because you're a man and I have to sit there and control my entire life to fit your box because you can't control your urges. So I have to control mine because you can't control yours. And it just becoming like this whole thing, like, he still did not understand the weight of it. And he's like, and then he like literally ended the conversation with being like, you know what? I'm sorry that you were born a woman. And that's just how it is. Like that. I have to think to cross the street that I have to be aware of my surroundings that I have to pray that I don't fucking run out of gas or end up on the side of the road with a flat tire and the wrong person comes. 
Like, there's, like, he's, like, sorry, that's just fucking how it is. And I'm, like, you're right. That is just how it is. But I'm not going to shut my mouth about it. And I think that's why a lot of people, like, again, back in Nebraska and, like, with my family members that are having such a hard time with this all coming to the thing. It's, like, I've never – my sister's, like, what are you – we can't change it. I was, like, but I'm not going to shut my mouth until it becomes such a thing where it does start to change. I was, like, you have a song. Like, you can teach them to be better. Thank you so much to Tennille for chatting with me today. Actually, a while ago. This was a while ago. This is when, you know, you could be in the same room with people and you could sit side by side on a couch. Don't you miss human interaction? I'm fine. We're fine. Please email us at dirtygirlpodcast at gmail.com. Rate and review on Apple Podcasts slash Spotify slash wherever slash check us out on Public for that merch. Dirty Girl is produced by me, Heather Ann Gottlieb, along with Cameron Taggy, Tristan Bankston, and Alex Salem. We are distributed by the Hoo Ha Ha Podcast Network. Our logo was designed by Kevin Laughlin. I thought I had zitty titties because everybody would, like, make fun of Alicia. Poor Alicia, if you're listening, Alicia, like... Girl, I'm so sorry for not sticking up for you. They made fun of her for having zitty titties. And so I thought I had zits on my tits. So I just, like, would sit there on my nipple trying to pop them. It's not zits. That's just the ducks that your fucking glands, ha- your boobies have for literally so a baby can latch onto them. Not all women have them, but majority do. There are these tiny little bumps around your, on your areolas that you have. And so I thought I was disgusting and didn't want to show any of my, like, perfect rocking tits that I had back in the day. Like, the bra was the last thing I'd take off because I thought I had zitty titties. I didn't. Shame on, shame on little middle school boys. They fucked with everybody's heads. Yeah. Are you sorry, Alex? Yeah, are I, you? I was scared of them. I didn't, I, I was Scared of boobies? I know, I was scared of middle school boys. Oh, <laughs> I think we I, all I, I, I was like, still late. I didn't have the guts to, like, jump in on any of these conversations. No. And it doesn't sound like they were actual conversations, either. No, boys were dumb. Yes, they were. Hi, I'm Erin. And I'm Nicole. And we're the hosts of the comedy podcast, Dude, That's Fucked Up. Join us every Wednesday for an irreverent discussion on topics such as light cannibalism, a la the Donner Party, JFK's meth dependency, cryptid fanfic, and even pubes. It's available now on the Hoo Ha Podcast Network or wherever you get your podcasts. Go to dtfupodcast.com for more information. You know what's not fucked up? This podcast, you butthole. Eee. This has been a hoo-ha-ha podcast.